Welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Phoenicia Muepo and Larry Muepo. Hello. Today, we want to talk to you about what does financial leadership look like in the Black community and how is it sustainable in our Black community? Right, Larry? Yeah, we want to try and get down to the people that we see in the media, but the people we don't see, that don't get the media attention, that are really the stalwarts and people who really emphasize the necessary info that people need to really have a direct and immediate impact in their lives, as opposed to the people that we see in television or we see in the older traditional media, like uh, print, LA Times and the LA Sentinel, or even the the, the Wave, and um, just in general, um, the, the the diversity we see in terms of leadership on economic issues nationally and locally. Right. So over the years, we've heard, you know, general information that from books that we've read, like from Napoleon Hill, The Law of Success, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, which is more so dealing with the mindset, you know, changing your mindset about how you deal with money, giving you um, the insight of what the rich and wealthy do with money versus what the poor and middle class do. So those books have shaped us over the years, but we didn't know really how to implement those types of things that they were talking about. So we want to be able to share share today with all of our audience about what we have been able to do with building financial leadership in our Black community from our own personal experience and then just who we're following today, who are kind of like leading the for, being the forefront in what's happening in Black economics today. Over the years, from a traditional format, the Wall Street Journal, maybe some newspapers, basically economic business was really focused and express like maybe from the 1900s up until the 60s in newspapers. Um, like I said, the Wall Street Journal um, was really the source of a lot of financial information and economics more on the macro side. Um, there was no really personal finance and everything that dealt with personal wealth, not until the 80s where we saw INC Magazine, then we saw Business Week, and then we saw other publications come out, of Barron's and things like that. In PBS, they had some general television shows like Nightly Business Report that focused on financial, and everything was always focused on Wall Street. Everything was always focused on the stock market. And usually you only heard about economic issues that personally impacted people when there was a crisis like the um, oil embargo of the 70s and the oil crunch that later came on that we saw maybe in the 90s and early 2000s. And then you saw people would talk about the bus in terms of the, the stock market, like in the 80s, the dot-com, uh, the, the, the black swan event that happened in the 80s, and then the dot-com crash. And so really everything in terms of economics was discussed on a general perspective, most people relied on a broker, as if, if they even had a broker. They didn't realize that um, the information they was hearing on the macro, what, how it really affected them personally. And so now we're seeing, uh, with the development of CNBC and all these personal websites and uh, the uh, Reddit, and we're seeing that now all that general information and the books that came out, um, there was a Napoleon Hill, and for the longest time, he had the biggest, most popular uh, personal wealth um, playbook, if you will. 
And so we saw Susie Orman come up and show up. And so now we're starting to see more directed information and knowledge being spread on how to personally change and re- revitalize and to um, give direction to your, your your wealth. And not only your wealth, how to create wealth, how to keep wealth, how to be in a sustainable community. And so now we're starting to see that information being um, offered. And so now we've seen that Latinos and Blacks were usually excluded from that type of information. Now they're having access to that information. And so for the Black community, African-Americans can look towards the guys in EYL as an example. And there are numerous people, they're not the only ones, but most of the majority of the knowledge is coming in the form of YouTube and um, also some in the social media like Facebook, as well as Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, so we we gotta we gotta break down the who is EYL. You know, we uh, we threw out this acronym. What Larry and I have been been doing these past couple of months during this pandemic was listening to different podcasts, and we got exposed to Earn Your Leisure. That's what EYL stands for. Earn Your Leisure are, are two guys out of New York, Troy and Rashad who has one of the number one business podcasts who talks about investing with their co-host Ian Dunlap. And so we've been really looking into the things that they've been teaching and showing and different people they've been bringing on their podcast to talk about black wealth and and black economics and how to um, set your family up. And Wall Street Trapper is one of the other young men. And these are millennials. These are guys in their 30s, late 30s, mid to late 30s who have gone through things and who are trying to teach the culture about taking actionable steps, not just getting the general information from Robert Kiyosaki, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Napoleon Hill and others out there, Susie Orman or whatever, taking what you learn now and taking into actionable steps, creating a blueprint for your family to follow. And that's what we're excited about because that's what we're learning to do. And also we want to give a shout out to Dante Morrison. He does an excellent show. Yes. And he also provides that information as well. Yes. And so we're also entering in there for a way. And that's one of the purposes of our podcast. And we want to really focus on the actionable plans. Normally you have um, conventional wisdom and you have that general knowledge and you have that common education or that traditional education, traditional uh, format that we go through K through 12, some college, maybe you get a degree. And so we learn all these different humanities and maybe some specialization, but rarely do we get what's called vocational education. And in vocational education, you're getting specific education that is act now. And that's what's called actionable knowledge. Perfect example of this would be when I went to school, El Camino College, I learned how to trade and how to get a letter of credit and how to send goods back and forth across the country. So you have to learn customs rules. And that wasn't general knowledge that the general public can get. It was very specific knowledge that you had to get in a specific format, either as an intern or in a school that specializes in that vocational information in import-exporting. So I learned specific knowledge so that I can engage in that specific environment. And so what we've been learning, like I said, with the various shows, and there's plenty of people, there's a couple that's giving um, information now. There's um, yeah, Noel Randall, and there are people who offer 
specific vocational education that you can turn into um, what we call actionable plans. Definitely. So some examples that we've been able to do and what they teach is stock investing. I didn't really know how to do stocks until I started watching EYL and Wall Street Trapper. I didn't, I heard about it. You know, you have a couple of mutual funds here and there through your jobs and all that kind of stuff. But actually being a, a, a stock investor hands on, this is my first experience and I'm loving it because they really showing you and teaching you the fundamentals of investing. And like I said before, it was more like general information. Oh, get it, you know, do stocks, do this. But it's like, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I open up a brokerage account? Where can I, um, how do I learn about ticker symbols and different things like that and, and evaluating companies? How do I do that? So these guys and others, um, women, they break down how to do those things and teaching your children how to invest in stocks as well. So we've been taking advantage of this opportunity to learn that. And, and also they had a they had a guest on there talking about credit management and cash rewards, right, Larry? Yeah, they also um, had a guest come in there and talk about student loan debt. And so um, EY is well, an example of having actionable plans. Susie Orman also offer actionable plans. Dave Ramsey also offer actionable plans. And the great thing about it is they do offer information that you can personalize. And there's also so many different opinions that you don't have to rely on any one person. And so one of the things that we've noticed is, as we've discussed this, our approach is to take one that's based not just on a individual account, but on a collective account, because we're also engaging our kids in this. And so our oldest, he's embraced this. Our youngest have embraced this. But our, our, our two middle kids, they're a little bit more conservative. Conservative. <laughs> and more cautious and, and not as enthusiastic. And that's okay. Because um, taking a collective approach has allowed us to build something that we can then help support others who aren't as knowledgeable. Because we've had couples approach us and say, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, how do you guys do this? How do you do that? And, and that's one of the things we do with our business. Because we're going through credit repair. We've seen a 120-point jump with the knowledge that we gained. And we used it, not just getting that general information saying, okay, how is this going to work for me? What we, we had to do is we came up with a plan and we had to work on doing things like coming up, work, work things and trying to come up with things like the UTMA and dealing with real estate and dealing with insurance. There's a lot of insurance things going on there that, that can be done. So let's talk about the UTMA. Larry brought up the UPMA, what was called the UPMA account. So that was another thing that we learned about and um, listening to Wall Street Trapper and EYL guys um, was the custodial accounts that as parents, we can set up for our children at birth. A lot of times in our black community and our Latinx communities, we, you know, we did some ghetto stuff. You know, we did some shady stuff. You know, people was putting cable bills in their kids' names and doing doing stuff, messing up their credit. By the time they're 18, they, their credit is jacked up. Let's flip the script and let's set up what what's called custodial accounts to teach our kids and start investing in stocks and real estate with them at an early age. So by the time they're 18, they have already amassed a, a great amount of wealth to where they have the freedom, they have the knowledge, they have the options 
when it comes to their finances. You don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, okay, can I, uh, my kid need a scholarship for college. Well, you the scholarship. You can fund your own kid's college through their investment accounts. Yes, it's taxed at a child's rate, but this gives you an opportunity to build that wealth for your children and grandchildren, your niece, your nephew, whoever, at an early age. Yeah, also, you don't have to spend a lot of money in order to improve your financial outlook. That's key. And so a lot of people have to understand you have to be efficient with your money and you have to be efficient with your time. And that's the thing that a lot of people struggle with because they never had to be that way. So a lot of things that we've had to do, remember, we're, we're doing this as partners. It's not like I say, okay, I'm my decision, you have to do it this way. It's a partnership. I, you know, I don't come go screaming, go into the Bible and say, okay, in Ephesians, <laughs> You know, it's, it's understanding, hey, we both have ideas, we both have traditions, we both have customs, and we're blending this to make this work in a plan that is actionable and realistic. And that's the other thing. You know, a lot of people, they get these unrealistic goals and these unrealistic plans, and when they have poor execution, they say, oh, it's always been against me. And, you know, we've, we've got to understand that First of all, math is math, and we have to be as honest and ob- objectionable. We have to be take the emotion out of it. And that that was key. Yeah, it really is math. It it really it, it you have to understand when we're putting the extras on the math because there is no extras in math. And I think you're right. You're so right, Larry, when it comes to math, because I've always had to add to, oh, I can't stand math. You know, I'm an English major. You know, when it comes to math, I just get all the ABGBs and I'm like, okay, the kids, y'all go talk to daddy about, you know, the math part. But my mindset now has changed because investment is math. My emotions are not in it. It's like, okay, how are these numbers going to work? What what are my returns uh, for for the future? you know, within the next couple of years, what are the returns I'm looking at? We're looking at as a family. And so my mindset now is, okay, I may not have liked math in school or thought it was okay. What I need, all I need to know is add, subtract, multiply, and divide. I don't need to know everything, you know, the rest of it. But now it's like, okay, with investing is definitely math. And so I'm learning to love it in that, in that sense right there. Hi, this is Larry Mwepon with Think Big Educational Services. We offer coaching packages. Our first consultation is free, and we offer educational services in ways of grant writing, as well as any financial research you might need for scholarships for your college student, whether they're attending college or they're planning to. We also offer book editing, as well as any type of consultation you might need for your personal credit finances in terms of repair or just financial planning. We can be reached at our website, which is thinkbigedservices.org. That's thinkbigedservices.org. Yeah, and you know, the thing that people have to realize is if I say, okay, I want to buy a house. Well, in LA, you're going to need to have half a million dollars. Not everybody has half a million dollars. Woo! Tell us about it. <laughs> Unless you plan. If you plan properly, you can get that half a million dollars. That's where planning, planning is key. Because it's one thing to have a plan, just like it's one thing to have a, a dream. But without execution, 
that kind of faith without the work being put in is not going to live. It's going to die before it can start. Right. And that's where people, that's where people get stuck at. You know, they don't want to do what, what, you know, what we look at as lazy learners, you know, they don't want to do the research. They don't, they want somebody to do it for them. And you got to become an active partaker in your goals, your future. There's only so much people are going to be able to share with you. But if you don't take that knowledge of what they're telling you and apply it, then it's just a waste of your time. Why would you waste your time like that? The accountability thing and the responsibility. When I work at my job, I work for um, the county of Los Angeles, dealing with kids. And I tell kids all the time, responsibility is what you're supposed to do for you. But accountability is what expected of you for the group. And so, you know, people need to understand that that Mm -hmm. accountability is not necessarily a group of people there to criticize you. It's there to make sure that you're taking care of your personal responsibility. When you find the right people that can hold you accountable, they offer you that mentorship. You get away from pairing yourself and people tend to compare themselves to others because they're looking at it in terms of the formal education part, as opposed to, it's about, really is, it really about common sense. You know, that's that informal part. You know, there's a lot of people who go to school, they're engineers or they're doctors and they're lawyers. I mean, people we know went to law school and they say, oh, I just wasted a lot of money. And for a long time, a lot of, a lot of law school students struggled with the California bar, particularly the Southern California bar, which is the hardest one of the hardest tests to take anywhere in the world, but English majors would pass it and they really looked and found out why are the English majors able to pass it? And the, the simple part is because English majors understood how to take the logic out of it. They understood the logic was the basis, but not the end all the be all. And it really was a matter of common sense. And so people got to understand, how much are you willing to learn and how much do you want to get out of this rat race? It really depends on how much you're willing to educate yourself, how much personal responsibility you're taking for your own informal education. Because the formal only takes you so far. Yeah, the former does. I mean, I could speak, I have three degrees, right? But if I'm not using those degrees to advance, not just myself, because it's not about me. It's about what I'm doing to advance the culture, advance the community. You know, Larry and I, we are givers. That's just something that's just embedded within us. So if we're just hogging all this information for ourselves, that does nothing. You know, we have to share what we're being taught, not just to our family, but to the community at large. And so that's what we're excited about, the things that we're learning um, through the EYL, through listening to the different platforms that we're on and investing in these platforms because they do offer education behind what they're talking about. So we've invested into God Credit Academy and the EYL University because these are informal education. Yeah, we could have all the formal education we want, but the informal education is what's really giving us the actionable steps that we need to execute our plans and creating and sustaining um, generational wealth for our families. And that's one of the things we do at our business at Think Big, um, whether it's the uh, book editing. Uh, we just had a client and we tried to explain to him, not necessarily the E.B. White rules of, of writing, but necessarily how the writing should come across to the reader. 
if you want to be a conversational author, then understand this is the uh, format. So getting back to what we're trying to do in terms of economic leadership is we want to see that sustainability and we want to see that legacy not be one of, oh, look what they did with the money they accumulated. That's nice and it's cute, but it's more important if people can tap into the legacy and that's truly what an inheritance is and being able to create that inheritance so that that knowledge and information is always available and, and, and not restricted. And I think that's the biggest change that we've seen that a, a lot of African-Americans, poor people in general, were restricted from that knowledge inheritance that other people took advantage for. Or in some cases, some folks, the money set up for them and, and there's people that are around them that make sure that everything goes. And the rest of us, we have to pick up our bootstraps and get to work. And now we're understanding how to take our mistakes and pass down our success and make sure that information is, is, is passed on, not just to our kids, but our kids' kids and their friends because they're part of our community. Right, because it's, it's a generation. Like we're planning for generational wealth. And when we, when we talk about generational wealth in closing, we're talking about not just being rich. Rich is like living year to year, like what Washi Trapper was saying over this past weekend. It's about generations, 20, 30 years. You know, what, what are we doing right now for not just our kids, like Larry said, but our kids and their kids and their kids. What are we passing on to them? And so we want our audience, what you guys to think about that, you know, as you're planning your financial, um, your financial future, what are you doing now that's going to set yourself, your family up for the future, for generations where they don't have to struggle in this rat race? And what we mean by rat race, leaving paycheck to paycheck and, you know, just just trying to survive. How are we moving from that to thriving, to thriving in our lives and being sustainable and maintaining and preserving the wealth that we see the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and the JP Morgan Chase people, you know, look at how they were able to sustain their wealth and continue. Like they have so much money, they probably don't even know how much they have. You know, and so and they're focusing on that with your family, building that and being sustainable. So I promise this will be the final close. Um, we're not knocking artists, athletes, other successful, um, financially rich African-Americans. We don't we don't we're not saying what they did is bad or that's improper or they're they slaves to the to the man. And we're not we're not saying that. Our thing is this there is now a leadership on an economic level that we haven't seen before because those type of successful examples were denied, were ignored by what we're going to call the majority culture. So now we have folks who are spreading the knowledge that's available to folks in the Black community to help them improve their lives. And it's not just a matter of just rhetoric and talk. They, they have specific steps. And even giving shout outs to the folks who have offered general information to everyone. This type of, like I say, knowledge inheritance, um, it, you know, what the Chinese said, your money is in the books. And now the money is in the knowledge and that knowledge is online. And so it's, it's 
it really depends on how bad you want this, how bad you want to get this, and how bad do you want to improve not just your life, but the life of the people in your community. How bad do you want it? And not comparing yourself to others, but doing what you need to do to to be successful in your life and your family and giving back. So we thank you guys for listening and we look forward to our next time we able to talk with you guys. Episode six out.